Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Today we're going to be talking about the UN's latest push to get you to take in more migrants. One of my favorite videos I've ever done is the one where I list all of the reasons why I just do not support the UN. Essentially, they're a bloated, corrupt bureaucracy that pushes anti-Western globalist sentiments. And sure, not every single thing the UN does has been bad, and I'm talking about humanitarian work here, but even the good things the UN has accomplished could be accomplished in other ways, ways that don't necessitate the existence of the main UN body. So yeah, I have a pretty significant anti-UN bias, and I'm not gonna try to hide it. But the latest thing that they've done, which I think should concern more people, is that they're now urging Canada to take in even more migrants than they already are. As Global News reports, quote, the United Nations is urging Canada to help ease Mexico's refugee burden by helping resettle some of the most vulnerable of its new arrivals, including women, children, and LGBTQ2 people. Mexico is feeling the squeeze from an unprecedented exodus of people fleeing Central American countries. And some of the worst violence from nations not actually at war is forcing families northward. Our pitch to Canada is to do more, said Mark Manley, the Mexico representative of the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees. The article continues that the request comes as the United States takes a harder line on its Mexican border, with President Donald Trump branding the caravans of migrants as being laced with violent criminals bent on destabilizing his country. Asylum seekers reaching Mexico from Honduras, El Salvador, and Venezuela caused a 103% spike in claims in 2018 over the previous year, from almost 15,000 to about 30,000, says the UNHCR. I think it's important to note here that Canada is being urged to take in more migrants because the U.S. is finally enforcing its border rules. The UN isn't bothering to ask the U.S. to take in more migrants because they know that the Trump administration is taking a stand and they're saying, no, we're going to worry about our own citizens first for once. And despite what the globalist media might tell you, that is not a bad thing. That is exactly the kind of mentality that the leader of a nation should have to put his own people's interests first. In fact, if more leaders did that, perhaps we wouldn't have so many people trying to flee to other countries. If you're a Canadian watching this, though, you should be absolutely indignant that someone at the UN would have the audacity to ask us to do even more than we have already done. In 2018, under the leadership of Justin Trudeau and the Liberal Party, Canada resettled more refugees than any other country. As the BBC reports, the country accepted just over 28,000 refugees last year, with the United States coming in second with 22,900. But according to the US-based Pew Research Center, 2018 was the first time the US did not lead the world in refugee resettlement since 1980. Pew also noted that until 2017, the US resettled more refugees on an annual basis than the rest of the world's countries combined. The sharp drop in US refugee resettlement is in part due to the Trump administration's decision to set a considerably lower cap on the number of refugees allowed into the US than in previous years, said the research organization. Again, kudos to the Trump administration for at least trying to get the situation under control, but to anyone who would ask Canada to do more, those numbers should tell you that we have already done more than enough. Canadians, like Americans, are a friendly, welcoming, and generous people. They're by no means racist or xenophobic, but when it comes to immigration, as more and more polls are showing, that generosity is reaching its limits. 
Most Canadians agree that Canada is too welcoming to immigrants. Most Canadians also agree that priority should be given to immigrants with higher education and qualification levels. 49% of Canadians think that immigration levels should decrease. 31% of people think they should stay the same. And only 6% of Canadians actually want more immigration. Canadians want less immigration, and they want the immigrants they do take in to be educated and accepted based on merit. Based on that information, some UN bureaucrat telling us we need to take in more refugees means absolutely nothing, and I would hope it would also mean nothing to our government, but... Who knows at this point? The thing about the UN is, and this is something I'm starting to realize more and more, is that they don't actually make countries better. Like I mentioned before, sure, they might do some humanitarian work to improve the lives of select individuals. But on a more macro scale, no, the UN does not help countries develop to that point where they no longer need humanitarian help. Really, they're toothless when it comes to tackling state-sponsored violence in terms of economic development, foreign direct investment, has done way more to bring people out of poverty than the UN ever has. They're too chicken to really fight against the religious extremism, which is at the heart of so many human rights violations worldwide. Think of it. What national long-term policies which have made countries better can the UN take credit for? Humanitarian work is great, but there are a ton of charities that exist outside of the UN. The only thing that would make the UN special would be the whole idea of international cooperation. But what has that international cooperation gotten us? Oh, but it's a forum for international dialogue. You need $5 billion to have a forum and what seems like hundreds of subcommittees? I don't think so. Oh, but the peacekeeping force? You mean the peacekeeping force that's notorious for embezzling money and raping women and children? That one? If the temporary presence of foreign forces is required to keep the peace, then those agreements can be made on a nation-to-nation -nation level. There would be way more accountability and transparency that way. It just seems now that so much of what the UN tries to pitch as them improving the world is simply moving people from bad countries to good countries. It's like they've admitted, okay guys, as the past 60 or so years have gone to show, we don't know how to make people's lives in troubled countries better. But what we can do is take the people in those troubled countries and put them in countries that are not troubled. There you go. Problem fixed. And I am not being hyperbolic. The mass relocation of individuals from developing countries to developed countries is one of the UN's main goals right now. In fact, a while ago, we did an entire video on something called the UN Migration Pact. And if you haven't seen that yet, I encourage you to watch it. It was a treaty the UN pushed that essentially said countries need to take in more migrants. Canada unfortunately signed on to it. The US did not. I'm not against all immigration, okay? I want to make that very clear. There are so many variables to immigration. How many people you would let in, where the people are from, what their culture is, what their skills are. To me, it's just not something that can be boiled down to either being always good or always bad, but what it should always be is an individual nation's choice. What the UN fundamentally does not understand is that it is not a right to be in or live in someone else's country. Article 14 of the UN's Universal Declaration of Human Rights 
states that everyone has the right to seek and to enjoy in other countries asylum from persecution. Uh, I'm sorry, no. How on earth is that a human right? I mean, I guess you could say you have the right to seek asylum. You can seek whatever you want, I suppose. But you don't have the right to enjoy asylum in other countries. Wh where would that right come from? You could say it would be nice to enjoy asylum in another country, but that would be a privilege afforded to you by the generosity of the host citizens. It would not be a right that you are owed. Not to mention that persecution is just such a vague word. Essentially, all it means is ill treatment or hostility. There is literally not a single person in the entirety of Saudi Arabia who is not having at least one right denied to them. And I'm talking about real rights here, like the right to freedom of expression or religion. Does that mean that everybody in that country gets to just leave and choose another country to move to and it has to be granted because it's their human right to seek asylum? Does any Western European person who speaks out against Islam or mass immigration, what they call hate speech over there, get to come to the US and, and seek asylum under this declaration? Is, is that how that works? You can think that countries should take in asylum seekers and that's your opinion to have, but it is not a human right. And if anyone ever tries to tell you that it is and they show you this UN declaration as evidence, who cares what the UN says, okay? About anything really, but especially about this. UN universal human rights are just such a joke. I mean, technically, Article 19 does guarantee the right of freedom of opinion and expression, but they've also just announced this new initiative to identify, prevent, and confront hate speech. This effort would include strategies such as identifying users of hate speech, refusing to amplify it, which sounds like deplatforming to me. And although officials have tried to assure people that this isn't about restricting freedom of speech, only addressing hate speech, personally, I have my doubts. And also, just to cherry on top, Article 25 of this Universal Declaration of Human Rights says that everyone has a human right to food, housing, and clothing. So taken all together, what the UN is saying is that it would be someone's human right to just show up at your country and say, hey, I'm gonna enjoy asylum here. And in order to not violate their rights, not only would you have to let them in, but you would also be obligated to give them food, housing, and clothing. You! And frankly, the entire asylum process right now just needs to be revamped. As it stands, anyone can show up at your border, request asylum. You have to clothe them, feed them, provide them medical attention, even if you don't end up letting them in. Obviously, that provides a huge incentive for literally anyone that's in a country that's worse off than the US or Canada to show up and try to request asylum. There needs to be stricter guidelines of who does and does not qualify so you don't end up with entire countries showing up at your border demanding to be let in because their life would be better if they lived in your country. Even if you are someone who thinks that we should take in asylum seekers, the standards have to be higher than, oh, my country is poorer and more violent than yours. That literally would include people from like 200 other countries. Moving everyone in developing countries into developed countries is not going to make those developing countries any better. That's not a development plan, that's a relocation plan. And not only does mass relocation not help these countries of origin in 
anyway, but it's also short-sighted in regard to the well-being of the developed countries these people are going to. If country A is experiencing mass violence, sectarian warfare, or in general is failing economically, what do you think moving everyone out of that country and putting them in a different country is going to do? Do you think these people will just start magically behaving differently because their geography has changed? Sure, some individuals will be fine and be able to acclimate and succeed, but we're not talking about individually screening people, are we? No, we're talking about mass relocation. We're not talking about resettling individuals. We're resettling groups. If there's one lesson to be learned about the immigration patterns of previous generations and immigration patterns now, it's that individuals assimilate. Groups do not. I could go on and on about the issue of immigration for hours, but I just wanted to bring up the story because I am sick of people spitting on the concepts of state sovereignty and borders. We don't need to take in more migrants. We don't need to take in any migrants. Maybe some nations individually will decide hey, we have some room, we have extra resources, we can afford to help some people move here. But if they do that, it should be out of sheer benevolence and generosity, not any misplaced sense of obligation, because that obligation to have to let people in, that does not exist. And the UN should not be considered any authority of what to do about the migration crisis because they are seeing things from an entirely one-sided lens. They're not asking themselves, how do we make life better for Canadians, for Americans, for Brits, for the French? All they're trying to figure out is where can we put more of these people? That's it. They're not interested in any long-term solution and they don't care how the people in these countries, their lives are affected. I would love to know what you guys think about this whole migration and asylum crisis though. Do you think that the US and Canada, the West in general, need to be taking in more migrants? Why or why not? And do you think the UN should be considered an authority on this able to dictate policies to individual nations? Let me know. But that's it for now. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and I'll see you next time.